Child Abuse Now show. This is scan number 3129. There's 3,129 shows that we've done just with this blog talk radio, okay? I've been on this show for 12 years, and uh, we had other shows before that. We had LACP, and we also had, um, oh, I forget what the other one was. Oh, Community Matters. How could I forget? <laughs> I talk about community all the time. So this is how many shows we've had here, though, is 3,129. So that's pretty darn good. Okay, my name is Carol Levine, and I'm Vice President of NASCA. And uh, tonight we have Michelle Bliss with us. and She's an author. She's a, a survivor of severe child abuse, and she's a minister and chaplain. She's also a counselor, okay? And uh, she wrote the book, Out of the Darkness, the Michelle Bliss Story. And uh, it's a very good book. And it tells a lot of things about how she lived. And so many of us have so many stories to tell. And uh, hers is one right up there at the top of the stories that are just really horrible, horrific. And then we have others that, uh, you know, aren't quite as bad. But we don't take measurement sticks here. Let me tell you something. Trauma is trauma. And that's what's important, all right, to talk about. Now, first of all, I have to read the uh, mission statement. Um, we have a singleness of purpose at NASCAR to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Hey, I always say prevention, prevention, because I always put the emphasis on that. I truly believe if we get our communities involved, and I see it happening in front of me at times, um, more with the people and teaching them, okay, um, the red flags of, of predators and other types of abuses that are out there on the street. Because we have kids who, are, you know, they join gangs and they get into this, they get into that. And uh, so parents have to become more aware 
of how to talk to their children, what to say to their children, all right? And um, I just want to say that if you come in tune with our, uh, our NASCA website, that's N-A-A-S-C-A.org, NASCA.org, you will find that uh, there's a tremendous amount that you can learn just from what we have posted, okay? We have people that come from all walks of life that come on to our radio show as guests, and we, get, uh, we compile a lot of information from them, all right, even more than what we already know as survivors, and most of the time they're survivors too. So we're going to have, um, we're going to have a topic tonight, and anyone can call in. You have questions. You know, for goodness sake, call in. Don't feel funny about it. If you can talk on the phone, you can talk on the show. It's no big deal. Trust me, all right? I had panic one time so bad in my life, I wouldn't even talk on the phone. Now listen to me. <laughs> well, whatever. So, um, you know, the point is this. Tonight we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the predators out there that are online because, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing how many of our kids are taken away. They actually are taken away, kidnapped even that way, okay, because a predator knows how to groom a kid online. Where do they go? They go to the game rooms. They go to those other rooms. They have rooms, all the rooms in the rooms. They have this old stuff, and kids keep up with it. Now, Absolutely. Maybe they've, told, maybe they've been told it's a bad place to go. But, Michelle, according to my, you know, my notes here and everything that I've compiled together, um, a lot of times, especially kids who don't have friends or enough friends, um, they're finding, just by doing studies, that kids who are lonely kids, all right, they are on the computer too long. The parents don't care. They're out of their hair, and they're saying, let them go, let her go, whatever. And they don't watch to see, you know, who is uh, talking to their children. They just simply don't, or what their kids are up to. Then they go as far, and Michelle's going to talk about this. Then they go as far, and then I'll get into stats and, and, and everything that I've learned about the online predators. But... Um, they're, they're, they're starting to realize that kids are listening too much into these places. They have the what is that called? The dark web or something? There's all kinds of things they can get into. And um, you know, kids do this. They're lonely. They they want someone to talk nice to them. And you see, whether you're out on the street and a person approaches you who's a pedophile, or whether you're online, there's something that's called grooming. All right, grooming. And um, of course, we talk about grooming all the time on our shows. But for people out there who don't know what that exactly means, is uh, they'll befriend the kid online. They'll lie about their age. Um, I walked to my granddaughter's room one, I'll, I'll say this, I don't think she'll get mad. <laughs> it was years ago. She was 11 years old, and she's 23 today. Beautiful, beautiful girl. And I'm not saying that. If she was funny looking, you know how I am. I wouldn't say anything, all right? But anyway, she was 11 years old, and um, I looked over her shoulder. She was online, and here I saw that there was a 40-year-old. Now, he didn't lie about his age, unless he was really 60 or something, but he claimed he was 40. And then there was a a 17-year-old teenage girl, and that seemed a little odd to me, too, because 17-year-olds, what are they doing talking to 11-year-olds? That didn't make sense to me. So I had to shut it down quick. And she got mad at me. I said, listen, now we're going to have a talk. And um, 
<laughs> I had her talk to Bill, too. I think I was running the show that night, and I, call, I was calling from there. So I put her on the phone, and Bill spoke to her also. And we uh, spoke about online predators and what to stay away from, the red flags. And this is what parents have to learn. Um, don't let your children spend their whole time online. Go and check and see what they're, uh, you know, looking at. You'd be surprised and sickened at the things that come online, okay? And even in our Facebook, I noticed there was a problem with that. Danny, you probably saw it, too, in our Facebook. No, what was that? Well, that was a heavy-duty thing where this pervert was on there, and he's doing all kinds of filthy things, you know, and they they do that. And we we have to be careful. Yeah, we have to filter those people out. We have to filter them out. And uh, I'm an administrator, Bill's an administrator, and I don't know who else is an administrator. But um, we have to go on our Facebook and look and see, you know, exactly what is being posted because weirdos get on there. Absolutely. We had, Michelle, we we had, check it out, we had had this this guy and a woman and a a dog. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that was yeah. Danny. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if you were on the show yet, but um, it happened to be on our our website, and no. it kept going around and around and all that disgusting stuff. It was it was terrible, and uh, people were complaining, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. So we got it off there, and then underneath that was uh, the regular type with a man and woman. You never know what's going to come on anybody's website. Okay, you, we have a wonderful website. And we have our own Facebook, uh, we have the public groups, and we have also the uh, for the closed groups. It's almost like with AA, you know, where people want to talk more privately. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, somehow they got on that, okay? So, what? Wow. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> there was all this filth. So, you see, predators slash sex offenders, um, they know how to, they're very smart many times with their web and all that stuff. And they know uh-huh. how to get to where they want to go. So tonight we're going to talk about, you know, uh, with the, the predators, you know, how they actually um, entice children to give them all kinds of information about themselves. I mean, the kids about themselves. And they'll talk about their home life and all this other stuff. And they're actually befriending. They're friending this kid. And then they get the kid's trust. And before you know it, like, Michelle, this is where you're going to come on, and you can explain this. Um, right. They'll get on a plane. Maybe they're, talk, maybe they're, from, they're from New York, all right? <laughs> and, and they'll get on a plane and be willing to go to California if they can, you know, pick up a kid or two or three and bring them back, you know, to wherever they're going to go. And then they pimp them out on the streets, there's uh, trafficking, oh, yes, they all kinds of stuff. Yes, they now will. I'm going to shut up. You go ahead and you talk. Tell us your experiences. I'm just, I'm just saying, yes, they will. What, what, yes, they will. What they do, they'll come on. Uh, some of the deep predators, they'll, they'll sound, they'll, they'll, you know, uh, they'll act with your ages, and then they'll say, like, for example, if you if you are a child, you say you're 12 years old, then they'll text back, oh, well, I'm 13 or, or either under that age, you know, to get you to want to talk to them. Because a kid would think they're talking to another kid. That's, how, that's where the grooming begins. They'll come on your level. They'll ask the kid their likes and dislikes. They'll ask the kid how's everything going at home. 
and, and that's another set of grooming. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. their main goal is to get the kid to be so comfortable to trust them, right? So then they will tell them, you know, okay, well, let's meet up. And you got to understand, an innocent child is thinking they're they beating another kid. So watch this. The predator will pull up, and then the, the kid might look and say, wait a minute. And they say, oh, I'm, 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 I'm their friend, or I'm their dad, or they told me all about you. You know, I'm glad you, you know, communicating with my son or my daughter, but I came to get you so y'all can get together. That's what they do. All they want to do is get that kid in the car, and then guess what? It's over. That kid is gone. That's right. That kid is That's gone. That's exactly right. You know, That's some exactly cases right. they're out here human trafficking these kids or just, just getting to rape them. Or, and, and then another sad thing, most of the kids get killed. But the majority of what's going on out here now, human trafficking is real. These, these, these pedophiles will get a child keep them for a while for their own pleasure, and then they sell them to another predator. And, and, and the child is going from one predator to another. That is real. That is real. It certainly. It absolutely is, Michelle. And, you know, so many kids are disappearing today, all right, mm-hmm. having the problems with the border and all this other stuff. They should have left it alone. It was up. Why tear it down? It was all crazy. I'm not going to get into politics. But uh, most people know how I feel. I was thrown off of Facebook a couple times. I laughed my butt off. <laughs> I don't care. I went back on. But, you know, the point is this. The point is this. What's happening to our kids today, you can multiply that from a few years ago, say, three times over, whether it be domestic violence, domestic things at home where, where they're getting beaten up at home, or whether they're being uh, kidnapped, uh, even the kids coming across the border, if they're alone, I remember the disgusting thing I saw on TV with the cartel. There was two little girls, and uh, they were up high, like on this level land high, and they, they dropped each kid. He dropped each kid one by one, and one was only like, I'm going to say three, three years old, and dropped her. What a horrifying scene. Dropped oh her God. over the, oh yes, dropped it. There was like a light fence there. He like bent over and dropped her. I think it was maybe, if I had to judge, I'm going to say about 20 feet it looked like. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Then the other one was a little bit um, older. I'd say she was about five, and he dropped her. Now, according to what they said, um, these kids were supposed to meet up with relatives who weren't there. Okay. But the parents paid for these children, thinking they were doing a good thing, to come to our country where they'd have relatives and possibly a better life. Now, those people I feel very sorry for, okay? I honestly do. But Uh, unfortunately, yes. But unfortunately, um, children many times don't, you know, don't really have anyone to go to. The older ones, teenagers are coming over, and no one's coming over with them, and they're disappearing, okay? They're disappearing. Well, then you have those... You have those that are online, the predators. And the reason why I chose this as a topic tonight is because everything that I'm going to give out of information, although I've asked for the most current because I always do that, um, has gone up two times more, okay? And uh, so that's why I like to, um, you know, talk about 
But explain to us, Michelle, as you were doing the before the show, exactly. Um, you said that you were involved with an undercover case. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, 20 years ago, um, I was I was contacted through a, a, a crew of police officers, a unit. They were uh, investigating um, and watching and monitoring um, young teenage girls being prosecuted out in uh, a community in the area. And what's so interesting about this case at that time was that it was a black neighborhood and it was these white girls. So they stood out. Like, why are they here? You know, and like, you know, when they were undercover, they were approached them, but they were already programmed. They was like, you know, gave a different age. Um, I'm grown, or some would say, uh, my mom know I'm out, I'm friend, you know, and they would give a number, which would be one of their one of their other girls they had, prostituting to act like they were the mother of the girl. It was crazy. And so I was approached because during that time, that community was a community where I was uh, doing a lot of ministry in, you know, feeding the homeless and, you know, talking to prostitutes and drug addicts and stuff like that. So I started, I was already befriended with a lot of people that were out there in that life. And so when I was noticing this one particular girl, I was just basically asking, and I had to literally give money for them to get high in order to get information, but that was fine. If it's to save someone's life, it's to save someone's life. So I was getting good information that she was 15 years old, uh, she was programmed, she was taken uh, from Kentucky, and um, I went. I, I befriended her. I start, I went into uh, <coughs> this one girl who I knew that was doing drugs or whatever. She was a good girl. She was struggling, but she literally, like, ran out her uh, she had a house. She was renting out certain rooms for a drug dealer, okay, because he found out he had different women in these rooms and prostituting them out. So I was able to walk up in there. I had to act like uh, this part, this, this, he didn't know who I was, and I had to play the role, dress very down, dress like, like I was a person that was out there on drugs, you know, but I was a person that was working, and I just come into the community to get cool and leave. So he never questioned me, and I befriended the girl. And so when I befriended her, she started trusting me, and I just waited for the moment where I was able to talk to her um, without the without her being there. And what happened was I set up, and he always had women, you know, uh, that would watch his girls, and I paid them to go and get high or go get alcohol, or whatever. And I was at that moment with this with this this young white girl in the, with me, and I said to her, "Do you like what you're doing?" And she was like, "Well, I don't have nothing else to do because you know my family don't love me." And I I said, "Well, why do you feel like your family don't love you?" This is what the pimp told her. This is what the predator told her. And I said, "How about if you just..." go with me, and you ain't never got to look back at this life. And, you know, when we were talking, I could tell she was ready, but she was scared. And I said, this is the moment right now. I don't have no more time to waste. You know they're going to come back. If you're ready to go, let's go now. And she said yes. And I got her out that situation. Um, I got her out, got around the corner, got into my car, called the police officers 
who ran the scene, but, you know. And to make a long story short, we was able to get her out that situation, got her some help, therapy, got her back with her family, you know. And that was a moment for me that, wow, I was able to get one. Um, now, remember when I said that he had several uh, girls, you know, several white girls. And the other ones, they were... I, they were so programmed and so far gone, they were not, they didn't want to leave. They, you know, they, they didn't want to hear nothing I had to say. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, there was nothing I could do about that situation because the good news is I was able to get one out. And so if I can reach one, that was good enough for me. So, yeah. Well, that's wonderful, though, that, that you were able to reach one. That's one child who's going to be safer. And she and her parents might even get closer, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, well, let me you know, give you, let, let me give you a solution of that story real quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, keep in mind, I told you it was 20 years ago. So of course, yeah. she's an adult now. She went to college. She's a lawyer now. She's an advocate for human trafficking, young, you know, prostitutions and stuff like that. Married to a wonderful man. Got two kids. She's doing wonderful. So the end result That's is great, great on that That's story. Wonderful. Yeah. I wish we had a lot more stories to tell like that. Um, but so often, you know, you, you made a comment there, and then I'm going to go to Annie. You you made a comment there that um, the other girls, they were like lost causes and all this other stuff. They didn't want to, you know, talk to you or anybody else. And, um, well, what happens is a lot of them do develop the Stockholm Syndrome. And mm-hmm. the Stockholm Syndrome, uh, maybe you know what that is, but the Stockholm Syndrome, um, unfortunately, yeah, Unfortunately, what that is, is it's, um, well, they they know that these people are going to feed them, okay, number one. They're going mm-hmm. to dress them, number two, all right? They're going to get clothing from them. And even though they mm-hmm. may get beaten at times, because when you're out on the street like that, um, you're supposed to have a certain amount of people that, uh, you know, that uh, you have sex with. I mean, you're, you, they turn you into little prostitutes. Now, they came so across with... Let, 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 let me add to that yeah. real quick. So I'm uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, but for go young ahead. girls like that, and I had met a few, like, mm-hmm. we talk, let me give you an example of runaways. So we're talking about runaways yeah. coming into a new state, new city, and so, you know, coming in, train or bus, and mm-hmm. they meet other homeless kids out there, a bit, and they don't already went through being raped, beaten, money mm-hmm. taken from them. So by the time a pimp or a predator comes, He's going to come warm and loving and, you know, yeah. taking them shopping and, and then, you know, make them fall in love. And when they fall in love, then he'll let them know this is what you have to do and then try to fight back this when they hit on you. And then, and then this is what this is, a famous line, I hit you because I love you. So they rather yeah. stay with the predator and the pimp who is loving, but if they don't do what they say, they get hit, but they hit me that that pimp loved them or that predator loved them. You see right. how sick that exactly. is? Versus yeah. when they first came into that city and state, they were actually being robbed, being taken by force to be beaten or raped, and they look at that as being abused, but they don't look at the predator or, or the pedophile or the human trafficker who mm-hmm. first showed them love, and then if they hit them, it's because they love them. It's, it's this program. That's exactly what it is, this great program. And it is so sad, and I'm glad we're talking about this because this is absolutely real. These pedophiles are sick. 
you know, to, to, to take young kids. And I have seen one as young as nine years old. Mm-hmm. Nine years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, unfortunately, the the ages are usually 12 to 15, where they, uh, you know, take a kid and, and pimp them out and traffic them and everything else. But, yes, it can be as young as, as nine years old. They're finding out. They're finding out that all the Absolutely. elites, in fact, that, that's what this uh, article was about on our, our Facebook, was the elite mm-hmm. people. And, and I put underneath, you know, like people had shocked faces and all this sort of stuff. What are you shocked about? This has been going on forever, okay? And, and, and number two, look at Epstein, or Epstein, rather, Epstein. <laughs> Epstein. Um, he was probably murdered, okay? Um and people say, oh, he hung himself. It was he who did it himself, but no, no. it was probably. Uh, no, he was murdered. Yeah, he was murdered. Yes. And what they're no, finding I, out. I, I can put it out there. He was absolutely murdered. He knew I'm too sure much. he was, yeah, yeah. He knew too and much. And they're, they're finding out that these people, like there was a reporter, this is somewhat a little bit about this article that <laughs> someone had posted. And I, I'm going to just speak a little bit about it and then uh, get to Annie. And uh, and then also to get back to what the topic is, um, but in this article it was talking about um, I'm not going to mention names. I don't want to get murdered. <laughs> okay, but like that this reporter was mentioning people that we've heard of, whether it be political or, or whatever type of people. Okay, and they were very high up there, who were a part of the, of the Epstein crew, if you will, clan, whatever, going over to his fancy island, all this other stuff. And and people were all shocked to find out that this one and that one and that one and this one. How do we know these things? Because a reporter was sent they over. Were and, and serious, they yes. were naming serious names. Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah. I was Absolutely. Uh, oh, I yeah. I'm Bo. I'm Bo. I don't care. They were naming people that you would be shocked yeah. to be involved. These are the same people that will contribute to children who are being sexually abused. And That's human right. trafficking. That was what's so right. shocking to me. You know, the same people well, that give money to organizations for children who are being sexually abused and trafficked would be some of the, I see I say some, but it's not all, would be some of the same people that are doing the abuse. Oh, my God. That's right. That's exactly right. Go ahead. And it's enough, yes, it's enough to make you want to throw up. But you see, that's that's what's going on in our world, all right, whether it be on the Internet or whether it be from people like that, the elite who um, fly here and fly there on the taxpayer's money and, and all this other stuff, going to places like what he had. You see, and it, again, it wasn't just movie stars or politicians. It was other people. There were other people involved that were very well known as well. And um, it, it's all very revolting when we have all these sicko psychos, that's my famous words for them, sicko psychos out there, because they know what they're doing is wrong and they don't care. And that's what I used to work with, the ones that don't care. Uh, they're, they're schiz- well, they were schizophrenic, right? but they're even more, they were the murderers and, and the psychopaths, the sociopaths, they don't care. These people don't care either, that they're ruining a child's life. They don't care. Yeah. And it's disgusting, all right? Let me see what Annie has to say about all this. Of course. Hi. Thank you Hi. so much for, for this conversation. Oops. 
And, um, well, I don't have any experience with trafficking happily. I'm glad that was not my experience. But I just think about how hard it must be for for those um, mostly young women, young men too, to come out into the world after they've been saved from such a situation and and carry that shame, that shame about what they, because of course they feel like they did it, right? That's how I felt, and I didn't do it, but I, you know, you feel shame, and I, I think if you've worked on the streets, you've been a sex worker as a child, my goodness, that that must be terribly, you know, painful. Yeah. It is painful. And let me let me yeah. tell you something. When my husband was uh, still alive, and uh, that's before 9-11, he got, he got sick with all that. But anyway, um, I go into the city with him a lot. You know, I love the city. I don't love it right now, <laughs> but I loved it back then. And uh, as long as he did a couple jobs, I'd give him the rest of the day off. They wouldn't penalize him in any type of way. So uh, he worked for the New York City Housing Authority. And um, so he worked in the projects, and he worked uh, around other areas, too. A lot of places where uh, drug activity was because the kids would smash the lights, okay, right. so that they could do their stuff underneath the lights there that were there in the dark, and then that way they wouldn't be seen so easily. So he had he was always a cherry picker. Think about the air he was breathing, in a cherry picker, you know, uh, changing these uh, lamps, as he called them, and uh, and all this other stuff. So um, I would go into the city with him, too, because I, I like New York. I was born in New York, and, and I love the city. So um, after he'd get out of work, we'd roam around. We'd have a really good time. Oh, Lord Jesus, I miss those days. Yes, I do. And I went to uh-huh. so many Broadway shows, Michelle. Oh, my God. Um, I went to over 50, over 50. Now, yeah. This is what I this is what I observed down by Lexington Avenue. Okay, um, down by Lexington Avenue, there was this white van that used to go around, and they would mm-hmm. grab the girls off of the street if they could. I mean, they'd get a hold of the girls and they'd grab them off the street. And All I didn't time, know what was going yeah. on. Oh no, hold on, this is good, not bad. So uh, I, I I didn't know what was happening at the time. You know, I'm feisty. You know how I am. I, I was like, geez, I feel like going out and smacking someone or something. What are you doing, grabbing these kids? You know. But it was right. a good thing because they were being funded at the time to get the prostitutes. We don't like to call them prostitutes. They had a law passed, in fact. You, they're, they're not prostitutes, these poor young children, all right? Their children have been kidnapped and all this other stuff. But anyway, mm. I'm still working the streets. So what they were doing was they were taking them, they were taking them and, and educating them. They got them their GED, right? They, they had to study. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were funded to do this. They had they they housed them, they fed them, they did all kinds of things for them. Okay, to help them. And then what happened though, unfortunately, was the funding stopped, and for whatever reason, and uh, those young ladies uh, they were back out on the street. And quite frankly, back they could make a lot street. more. Yeah, they could make a lot more out on the street. Okay. Than working like a Burger King they, or something. They, they were thrown back out in the streets because they didn't yep. have that safety net anymore, and so they easily went back to what they knew. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Jesus. And then they got into yes. the same type of atmosphere 
and then they had the uh, developed again the Stockholm treatment, which uh, you know, and, and syndrome, uh, which they had developed because uh, after all, these people are feeding me; they're taking care of me, and I'm making more money. Why should I work at exactly. Burger King? You see, there was all kinds mm-hmm. of things like that. They uh, they saw too much of the dark and not enough of the light. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. That's what happens so often in inner cities. And you know about that. I know about that. I don't know if Annie knows about it, but she's going to know about it before the show's over. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I mean, anyway. Yeah, going on um, right now, live in the t- no, right now, live in the 2023. It is going on right now. And that's why I'm so glad that you brought this topic to be talked about because it's real. It, it's, it's, it's important. It's important. Mm-hmm. It's important mm-hmm. because um, I want parents. You see, um, when I was t- talking about community, I always talk about community. Many times you'll listen and you'll hear me talking about community. I'll at least bring it into it somewhere because with our community, if we uh, if we gather together as parents all right, and teachers and all this other stuff, people who are with our children all the time, and, mm-hmm. and we teach them and, and we learn the red flags of what's going on, then we have safer kids because then we can learn how to teach our children what to stay away from and uh, and so forth. But getting back to the Internet, because this is a biggie right here. First of all, mm-hmm. I remember looking at this maybe a year and a half ago and uh, thinking, well, I'm going to have a show on this. But as many as 500,000 predators on the Internet pose a threat to kids My daily. God. Daily. Yes. And that means mm-hmm. one in 25 children will be manipulated into physical contact within a year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. True statement. And that's, yeah. And then ages 12 to 15 are the most targeted by online predators. Mm-hmm. What the heck mm-hmm. is that? Hold on a second. That's my Alexa. Alexa, shut and, down. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry if you, you can hear her. So funny, Carol. <laughs> I, I, I said something that I, this Alexa, she talks to me. I'm not even bothering her. Sometimes she'll play music and all this other stuff. Oh my god. So anyway, the point is, uh, <laughs> it's nuts. Eighty-two um, percent of the predators are males. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and they groom online. Now we sort of like touched on something that you had said. Yes. They groom them online the same way as if they saw them in person. Absolutely. And, yes. And the FBI says, and I don't really like the FBI right now, but okay, the FBI says only 15% of parents are aware of what their children are doing online. That's it. Mm. And, and this is, mm. uh, this is mm. really a... Uh, a I mean, I'm thinking thing. because I'm thinking my head because I mean you're on point. Go ahead though, you, you are absolutely correct. Yeah, and you see, mm-hmm. parents have to get more wise. They have to start um, thinking about you know the world that we live in because someone a lot of them are in la la land. Okay, mm-hmm. oh let's just think of flowers and pretty things and da 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 ba da da boop. In the meantime, the kids are looking at uh, all kinds of stuff online. It can be pornography, right? And and then when these these people get a hold of them, these pedophiles, of course they have them posing for them. They send pictures of themselves, you know, to the pedophile, 
And this is when they absolutely have their attention. The child already, you know, mm-hmm. they might even feel like they fall in love with them. That's what's so sick. Because, you see, yeah. they've gotten to know them. They've gotten to know what their likes are, what their dislikes are, what kind of music they like, all kinds of things that the kids want to talk about, all kinds right. of things. So then the kid is drawn to this person. And that's why they're willing. He might be doing that with two or three other kids at the same time. So from Mm -hmm. the same area, he'll pick an area. And uh, so they're not so terribly far apart. He will, yes, get on a plane and and get those kids and and bring them back. They will do that. They do that. And this is the willingness that they have out there. Give me information on on that group because... That mm-hmm. is what I love to do and be part of. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's, well it's it's happening right now as we're speaking. Okay. Mm-hmm. They they prey on the teen's desire for romance, adventure, and and sexual mm-hmm. information. Sometimes you know, say a girl sends over um, uh, on on the internet a picture of herself, uh, hardly dressed or whatever. And say she's a really pretty teenage girl, whatever. He will wow. say to that, oh, yeah, it happens. He will say to her, you know, I can, I know people who will make you a model, turn you into a model. You are so beautiful. Right. I, can, I can get you, you know, hooked up, as they say, but in a more proper way, I can get you involved with an agency. Biggest scam in the world. Yeah. Biggest scam and what mm-hmm. kid doesn't want to have that notoriety? Because a lot, again, again, these kids are those that won't make eye contact. I've, I've mentioned that before um, with kids who mm-hmm. have such low self-esteem. <laughs> I was one of those kids. That's I had good. no self-esteem. But, you know, they look for kids like that because um, they're easier to work with. They're easier to work with, absolutely. That's absolutely. Right. Their target is to find abuse children, especially they be hanging around Greyhound stations. They hang around the airport, the predators, the pimps. They look for that one individual, a kid or a teenager, that they can manipulate and con. You know? That's right. And to start out with love first. So by the time the kid falls in love, and then the predator or the a pedophile or the pimp will tell them what they're really going to be doing and if they talk back, like, I thought you loved me, and then they slap them and think, but you know I love you, they think that's what they that's what they identify with. It's really, really yeah. sad. really is. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> sad thing. And I, I try to tell people, because you and I both know this already, but places that, um, say, I worked, because I would always choose jobs, Michelle, that I could identify with. Okay. okay? <laughs> it made it easier for me. And uh, I could be used that way also, and people found that out once they got to know me. But I'd never mm-hmm. give them my whole story because uh, I was afraid to do that. But they would see, well, she's been out on the street, she's this, she's that. And um, so she could, she'd be good to work with this group of kids, all right, or that group of okay. kids, whatever. So, um, but this, this is what the, um, they do out there. And, you know, I blame the Johns, too. And those are the ones that want to see 
And I think they should get prison sentence. Come on, put them in jail. If they didn't have that, if they didn't have that appetite, if they didn't have that appetite for those young girls or boys, they can be boys too. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, both have, sexes. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. if they didn't have mm-hmm. that appetite for the kids, all right, then uh, the the they wouldn't be making any money, would they? There wouldn't be money in trafficking and all this other. Because uh, if they didn't have Johns that wanted young, you know, teenage girls or boys, then there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be that stuff going on. It would certainly cut way down, for God's sake. Absolutely. So I think the Johns, when they, you know, they the, the police do go around. They go around, like in the urban areas, they go around the city <laughs> and uh, where they know where the prostitutes are and all that. And they look for... Um, for cars, maybe they're out of state, okay? Um, just to use an example, they'll go to New York, and then they'll come back to New Jersey. They look, they see the plates. They know the plates. And if someone's over there by the area where the prostitutes are hanging out, and they're saying mm-hmm. New Jersey plates, the police will go to them, okay? Absolutely. And say, hey, let me see your driver's license and all this other stuff. What are you doing here? Blah, 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 blah. And... Uh, you know, they they scoot them away. <laughs> they they should do more than scoot them away, okay? Because again, if it wasn't for them, there wouldn't be so much money being made by the pimps. And don't forget, the pimps work for someone else. They have a boss too. All right, you have to understand this. So it, it's like um, you have the Johns, you have the pimps, and then you have the real bosses. Same thing with the drugs, Michelle. You know, many yeah. times, many times the drug addicts who are out there who are selling the drugs, they don't smoke it themselves or t- pop the pills or anything. They're working for no. someone. They have a boss. They are, or they the boss. And then there are some who indulge in their own candy stores, what they call it in the streets. Yes. Know? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Now, I had, uh, when I owned a two-family in, in, uh, in Dover, New Jersey. Um, uh, I walked around front one night. You know, I, I always stayed up late. That's just the way I am. So they mm-hmm. were very, very quiet, Michelle. But there was around 15, maybe 20 kids on the front porch. And it was a, it was a Victorian house that we owned. And um, so we had all these kids. There were all these kids were on the porch, and they had their bongs. They had this. They had that all kinds of stuff, whatever drug they were using. They were so quiet you could hear a pin drop because they didn't want to get caught. Well, I walked up and walked right through them. And uh, I walked over to the one kid who was from upstairs. See, it was a two-family that we owned and uh, owner-occupied. So that was (laughs) one of the houses we had. So anyway, I walked to this kid and I said, what are you doing? And this little son of a gun, he said to me, what does it look like I'm doing? Well, you don't say that to me, all right? <laughs> like, you know, so I said, you have you have five seconds to get these people off of my porch, and then I'm going to have you, your father, your mother, your brother, not by law because they're our children, I have to give you 60 days notice, but you're going to be out of my house because you broke the lease. And I made sure that in the lease, my husband and I made sure that it said no drugs, no drug activity. So that way they had broken the lease. Eh? 
So um, anyway, I didn't want my house seized. So I went downtown and I spoke to the police department. We became very friendly, and they used me on certain uh, cases, as it turned out. But, uh, my God, when I had my for sale sign out there, I'm a little proud of this now that I think of it. Um, <laughs> they called me. <laughs> the police department called me and said, are you really leaving? Are you really selling your house? I said, yes, I am. He was the chief, chief of police. And he said, uh, well, Dover is losing a wonderful citizen. Oh, my God. I just felt so proud. <laughs> I don't know why, but I felt, I, felt, I felt good. I felt good. But you see, when you have these kids who come mm. from homes that are bad, and I could say that their homes are bad because a lot of times that's what they are. They're bad. All right? Um, they don't have the proper boundaries. They don't have the proper direction. They don't have parents. Maybe the parents are fighting. Maybe there's a lot of domestic violence in the in the family. Um, all these things are happening that shouldn't be seen by children. Then they're going to become kids who many times end up out on the streets. And I hate it when people say they're bad kids. Don't judge them, all right? You don't know the footsteps that they walked in. All right, and that's that's just a, a thing here. Um, yeah, I already spoke about that. My mouth just goes because I know all this stuff, and so do you. So um, the point is that we have got to get the parents more interested in what their kids are doing online, because if we don't, if we don't, then the kids are going to continue to disappear, and some are going to be brought back. You walk into Walmart. What do you see on that board there? I stop there every time, and I look at the pictures of the kids. And, Michelle, there was one kid that disappeared from my street, and there she was. I felt so bad. So, you see, you just never know. It can happen in your own backyard, all right? And then you have the uh, the ones that are 11 to 17 years old, and, and they, too, are taken. And uh, they're groomed the same way. But usually it's 12 to 15 they're interested in because that's what the Johns want, the sicko-psychos they are. So then you have uh, the 11 to 17, though, and uh, questions are asked to send sexual contact. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What they want is for them to send them sexual contact online, okay, so they can see what they look like. It doesn't matter what's male or female again. And then if they realize, oh, this kid oh, this kid might do well out on the street, they really want them. And, yes, they will groom them right over the phone. Uh, so that's uh, these kids many times who are groomed, they uh, later on, if they are found, they experience all kinds of embarrassment, anxiety, depression, substance abuse, okay? And, and this person was supposed to be my friend, all right? And they find out they're not their friend. They're pimping them out. And they confided in, 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 you know, to these people with their own personal information. That's a very, you feel invaded. You feel bad because they, they tell the pimps before they become pimps. They're being groomed. They give them all kinds of information about them. These people are masters. They're masters at how to groom children. All right? They're masters. And it's it's a damn shame that they have that, you know, be smart with something else, all right? Be a master in something else, but not with our children. Now, I have here, 
to report online sexual exploitation, all right, use the electronic cyber tip line or call 1-800-843-5678. That's 1-800-843-5678. Now, you can leave a tip there, all right? You can do that. And uh, you don't have to say who you are. You're leaving a tip. And, the you know, the people who work with this type of thing, many times they're through the FBI, um, and they're operated by the missing and exploited children in partnership with the FBI, that's what they are, um, will check these tip lines, and then they're, they're out on the street again going to wherever the tip line says. And it says here, how do you protect your kids? And this is by FBI.gov. Protecting your kids, FBI.gov, because there's scams and safety protecting, all kinds of stuff out there. All right, number one, talk to your children about online predators. Well, first they have to learn about it, don't they? All right, you have to learn about it. I see that Vivian's here. Let me call on her. Hold on a second. And then I'm going to go through the list here. Vivian, you can hear me. This is Carol Levine. I'm Vice President. Um, we're running a, a show tonight. Who, who am I speaking to? Vivian? Yes, hello. Hi, how are you? Hi. Welcome Hi. to the show. Hi. Well, thank you. You know, I just wanted to, um, I know it's primarily about trafficking, but I wanted to um, make another comment about pervasive child abuse. Mm-hmm. That I see really pretty much just, it's just everywhere. And, um, you know, when, when adults are acting in a very demented way or a deranged way or very bad behavior, mm-hmm. frequently they're saying, you know, grow up, stop acting like a child. And I think that gives children everywhere very bad self-image and very bad self-esteem. And I think it gives them um, one step back in terms of, you know, growing up. Uh, with healthy self-images, and therefore they're more vulnerable to uh, being uh, groomed. Absolutely. In many ways, by many people. You know, there's times when, you know, if somebody's throwing sort of like an innocent child tantrum, they say, you know, you're acting like a child. Well, that's usually not the case, but I, I wouldn't, you know, take a, uh, I wouldn't cringe or take offense to that, but I see just pervasive child degradation by adults mm-hmm. ubiquitously commenting that when somebody, an adult, uh, is acting in a very bad way and you can't compare, they say it's childish, you cannot compare a deranged adult to an innocent child, and it's a very bad thing to say. I think it makes a bad imprint on children, and I feel sorry for them every time I hear it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. See, adults, um, you know, I've, I've said this before. I think I said it last Friday. I'm not sure. But I, I said, uh, first of all, with mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, all right, whatever, those are roles that you're supposed to play, and they're just titles, and if you have a pervert in the family, which so often is the case, all right, and that uh, pervert acts in such a way, would it be a pedophile, 
or deranged in other ways, um, then the child then, you know, if the child picks up that type of behavior, you can't blame the child because they're looking at the role model of the adult. And that's a shame. Okay. That's a shame. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I also know that I, I do hear what you're saying. That I see another facet to that or another side to that. And that's that um, when um, children are around certain adults and they, you know, cringe or turn away or don't want to, uh, you know, uh, you know, touch Uncle Joe or who, whomever it is, um, parents say, oh, she's just acting bad or, oh, stop that, Susie, or, you know, and kind of shame the child or somehow disparage their, um, you know, their behavior when, in fact, you know, maybe that child is picking up some bad vibes or maybe that child just doesn't want to. There's no respect for a child's um, – there's a difference between mm-hmm. teaching child exactly. and social and, break, and breaking down a child's boundaries. Okay, mm-hmm. now this now this now this makes more sense. Okay, than what you said before. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 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 what, yeah. When you see, here's an example. All right, when you see a uh-huh. kid uh, hiding behind the mother's skirt, I mean, I've seen this on TV. We've all seen this. We've seen movies where this happens. A kid may have been Absolutely. very happy, been very happy with uh, someone, a, a family member, or, or the, the uh-huh. guy down the street. It doesn't have to be a family member. <laughs> But that person had touched the kid. Absolutely. And people don't know that. They don't realize that. There's a reason why that kid, it's not, the kid's not being um, uh, bashful all of a sudden or, or they're being, you know, uh, acting out nasty or whatever or being fresh or something. There's a darn good reason many times why a child does then behave, you know, where they want to stay away. That's their body language. We were taught yes. that in school. That's yes. their body language. Well, you know, and they can just not like them for no reason, too, and not have to talk to people they don't like. I mean, you know, we, did, mm-hmm. you know, adults do the, do the same thing. To me, it's a real violation of children, and a lot of the, the violations that children suffer externally, and that makes mm-hmm. them subject to being vulnerable, have to do with breaking down their boundaries and disparaging them and treating them badly, but because they hear adults who are acting badly being called children. So that self image goes into them. They think they're bad mm-hmm. and they think they act bad and they, and, and these groom, groomers can get a hold of them and say, Oh, you're so good. And they, 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 they want that positive uh, self uh, reinforcement because they're not getting, mm-hmm. they're not hearing it. And, and hearing then, it. Uh, also, right. That's right, or or enough of it, or whatever. It's just not enough. And then you know, um, also uh, breaking down their boundaries, not not allowing children to have their own internal referencing, and demanding they behave another way according to somebody else's standards. When the person who's demanding that doesn't has no concept of why the child is even doing that. Well, that's that's it right there. I mean, you said the end there. Yeah. And but what she just said is very good. The parent has Absolutely. no idea why the child is behaving that way. See, parents many times, and I'm not I'm not sticking up from believe me. Uh, but many times, um, parents are busy with this. They're busy with that. They're busy. They don't understand okay exactly what's going on, and they themselves don't know why the child is uh, you know behaving the way that they are. 
and then uh, they might punish the child because they don't like what they're doing, okay, because the child isn't responding the way they want them to respond uh, to a certain situation or to a person, to a person. And, and you see, yeah, and that they, is they feel yeah. it's a reflection on them, and they get it. They get embarrassed. They need to separate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, yeah. a lot of parents need they need parenting classes. They really do. Where they discuss situations they, they, like this, they do. But I don't think parenting classes go far enough because what I witness no. is far too widespread. It's, it's I not think probably. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think you've been. I mean, I just been. see it in, in <laughs> you know, I just see people saying saying things like this nonchalantly or doing these things without really much awareness of it. And I think, you know, the level of uh, education and awareness really needs to be upgraded. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Oh, don't get me started on the school system, honey. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right I now. Won't. No, Lord Jesus, because let me tell you something. I am furious. I am furious with that and those people, okay? It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, I, this, I do this, a lot this, of research. We all do. Yeah. And, and, and hospitals are making a lot of money off of turning kids from boys to girls and girls to boys, and it's disgusting. I don't even want to go there because I can, do, I can talk about that for two hours. And uh, I'm a chatterbox, like you can tell. <laughs> and I, I, have, right. I do so much research that uh, I learn a lot. And then I watch the news, too, and I see a whole bunch of things on the news. So a combination of the three, the school system is disgusting. It's despicable. Our children are learning what they're supposed to learn. Yes. And not only that, um, I mean, they take tests. And at one time, if they were taking that same test some years ago, I don't know how many years ago, so some years ago, uh, you know, the percentage level would be much higher. And they're in the, say, 90 percentile or whatever, or, or maybe it's from the 80 percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But today, those kids are way down to 30 percent, like with reading wow. and with concentration. What, what and, go ahead. Yeah. And no, that's I, child I abuse. But they, yes, it is. It it's child is. abuse in itself right yes, there. Yes, that is child abuse. Yeah. They're not learning. They're not putting their right uh, environment, the proper environment, to learn. They're they're basically no. They're not. They're basically being handicapped. um, So when they're adults, because they're not being taught proper skills to be able to grow up and be a good, you know, um, a thinking person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a thinking person and know how to just you know just yeah they're just not taught skills they need for life. That's They're basically right, yeah. being groomed. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because those kids, many times, um, I used to work in detention, too. I kept going from job to job because I needed money. <laughs> I had two children of my own to take right. care of. And um, so I would do that. But I learned a lot from each job, so that's okay that way. But the point is this. What they found out, like with kids in detention, they, their parents were, uh, they, they didn't know how to be parents. All right. Yeah. They had they did because of the background that they came from. And uh and they shouldn't have been parents. And then what happens is the kids don't have boundaries, don't learn the right things and the wrong things and why. So often parents will slap a kid in the head and say, yeah, I don't like yeah. what you just did. Bang. No, you sit a child down and you tell them why you're annoyed with them. 
Mm-hmm. There's all different ways mm-hmm. that parents have to learn how to parent because kids aren't stupid. And then if you make them go into, you want them to do timeout, say they're a little too old for timeout, so you send them to a room that's, send them to the laundry room. There you go. Have them do, uh, have yeah. them fold laundry. They'll hate it. <laughs> all right. And uh, then let them come back and, and talk about again what they did that, you know, made you unhappy with them. Now, this is proper parenting. It's not hitting. Mm-hmm. It's not name-calling. It's not demeaning them in any way. Um, it's just simply a matter of teaching boundaries and what's right and what's wrong and why. Okay. That's what's critical, they, uh, and that's what helps develop a, a brain and an understanding is to um, understand why. Yes. That's absolutely. That's learning. Yes. That's correct. That's right. Annie, what do you have to say about this? Annie? You know, my kids are my kids are all grown now and I don't even pay attention to what's going on in the schools. So I'm gonna pass on this comment. Okay. Yeah, I can jump in on that. Let me tell you something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people now, and I want you to know, they say, well, you know, it's not happening to my kids, so when I hear stuff like that in the news or whatever, they don't pay no attention. But I'm telling you, and I urge you, Annie, that maybe you need to start looking at the news or different things that come up when it comes to the topics that we're speaking on why. Because I'm telling you, if you go into a a uh, grocery store, say uh, just a regular store or gas station. It is so easy. You see kids with adults. You can see and tell the difference that something is wrong. You'll be able to pick up on that. And I urge that to you to do because God can be using us that you might come across your path and you can just be in a regular grocery store, Annie, or just say you're going to go pay a bill, and you will see a child that's in trouble. That's right. And the number one thing I tell people, they always have their head down or their eyes down. They don't look that's straight right. ahead. That's they don't right. look straight ahead. Because this ain't nothing that I heard. It's something that I experienced myself. Mm-hmm. And we'll be able to help that child. How? Watch what the predator and the child is doing. Uh, act like you don't see them. And then the predator don't keep these kids out in the open lawn. So you can see how they're being treated walking away or, <clears throat> you know, or um, what is, I, I lost my train of thought on that one part, but I, I'll just leave it at that. Kids, like they this. normally don't, they never look straight ahead. They never, they ain't going to look at you. I, I I remember when I was used to save a, a, a child. Um, I was in Walmart. Uh, you know about that story, Carol. Um, this this child was no more than I want to say between the age of four and six. And this woman, she said that was her child, hit her so hard. I could I was I was in the other aisle. You can hear the punch, it, like like she was hitting a man. Yeah. And so when God used me to help get this child away from her, 
And when they did an exam, not only was the Merce room was sick to their stomach, they shared it with me, of seeing how this child was abused. She had old scars. That mean the wounds probably healed. Who knows, but the scars were there from long ago. So she was absolutely being physically abused. And then when we were able to get the child from her, the parent, um, and they did thorough exams, she was six years old and not a virgin. I'm going to leave that. So imagine what was going on with her. And I don't, and we couldn't, they couldn't pinpoint whether or not the mother had anything to do with that. Um, they, but at the end found out the mother was on drugs. And so she, she allowed her home to be an open door. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, that means all she cared about was to get high. So you inviting all these people into your home and that's how they that child was being molested and raped, you know. And the mom so wise, don't even know that's going on with her child. You know, it, 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 I, I'm telling you the worst it's scenario. Disgusting. It, 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 it's I'm horrible. Telling you, well, it's I'm going to tell you the worst scenario. I ran into a case where this girl, she was on crack, and when she found out that people, the men that was coming up with drugs and stuff like that was uh, looking at her, she was so far gone dope-wise, she literally just sold her child to the men that was coming in and out of that house. As long as they were throwing her crack and throwing her money, she was good. And she got mad because when the relatives found out it was her sister, and they were and the sister went when the sister found out the sister went to, to the home, and she said, and she told she, she it was a man that just got done zipping up his pants, and mm-hmm. the, and her niece, which is the, you know the girl, the, the victim. You know, was on the bed, and she, she punched that man and said, get out right now. So she grabbed her knee. She said, let's go. So as they were leaving, the mother said, what are you doing? What are you taking my daughter? I'm, I, I got another client coming over here. You're going to mess up my money. She punched her sister so hard in her face. She said, you better be glad, you better be glad I won't kill you. And she rescued her niece. Well, that was like, at the time, the niece was like, I want to say probably around eight or nine, and that was like ten years ago. And she's grown now, but her, but the aunt went and got her niece and adopted her and took care of her, and got her into therapy. And it was a long row of therapy, but that child ended up being and looking at herself as a victim. I mean, as a survivor instead of a victim. And she's doing well today as we speak. Oh, so that's from. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that story? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes. Go ahead, Carol. Well, you know what? What we have to realize uh, as parents and grandparents, grandparents can play a major part, all right, in the bringing up of children, as long as the children and the grandparents get along well enough. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, But, you know, it's, uh, it's important because the more support that a child has at home that's appropriate, all right, appropriate um, type of support system, then the environmental conditioning is what we call it, the environmental conditioning. The child is then yeah. conditioned to be able to behave and, and to feel good about themselves and to prosper 
all right, with schooling and, and just uh, their skills, you know, um, that all kinds of skills that children have, you know, learning how to behave with other children and so forth. So, and then that goes into adulthood. And, uh, but it's, a lot of this, you have to look back into the family because if you don't look back into the family, then you're just looking and zeroing in on the way that the child is behaving, and then the child is, is uh, judged. Yeah, they're being judged by that type of behavior. You have to go right. back into the family, see from where they came, okay? See, you drop in on their house if you're a social worker. You drop in their house uh, unexpectedly, uh, maybe a day early, and, and you'll get a real good idea, you know, of what's going on in that in that house. CPS, when I was kidnapped and raped in New York and Staten Island where I lived and went to school there, um, right. they came all of a sudden down the driveway <laughs> and we were people of wealth. See, it doesn't matter whether you're, you're, you're wealthy or, or whether you're not wealthy or whatever. Today I'm barely middle class. <laughs> we won't talk about that. But, you know, the point is at that time in my life, I came from people who were quite wealthy. And that doesn't mean that that those kids are being brought up well just because people have wealth. It doesn't mean that at all. Exactly. Yeah. And so this CPS yeah. worker, man, she, t- she took one look at my family, and she didn't like what she saw. So she believed she came, because she saw evidence of it. <laughs> she was educated. She was smart. She, yeah. Maybe she had a life like that. I don't know. Um, but the point is she showed up a day early. And um, the house was always clean. My mother always had a, a clean house. It wasn't that. And they had beautiful things. It wasn't that. It is the behavior, their behavior, as mother, yeah. stepfather. I had a stepfather at that point. Mother, stepfather, brother, and, and sister. That's me, who was so abused. So, okay, she was a smart lady, and she took me upstairs. This house, Michelle, I had two bedrooms. My brother had two bedrooms. Um, they had right. maid quarters. I'm talking about the people that lived there before. Um, maid quarters. They had a, a quarter for the butler, a room for him, and then the main bedroom with a pull cord, all right? <laughs> and Pelosi refrigerator in those days in the, re, in the uh, kitchen. Holy Christopher. Um, so anyway, the point is that's what I brought up at one point in my life. But that CPS worker looked all beyond that, all the glitter, all the glamour, and, and all the stuff that was presented to them because it was all false and phony, and she knew it. She was smart. Once in a while, you'll find a CPS worker like that. And she took me upstairs, and she said, Carol, I don't ever want you to ever think that whatever happened to you, she had my records. All right. Yeah was ever your fault. And that took a huge load off of my mind and off of my shoulders because, Vivian, the things that happened to me, I was being blamed for, and I was a child. I was a child. And no child should get yeah. dumped on like that. No. Okay. No. 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 Right. Right. So before this show is over, though, I do want to leave, you know, um, with this, because what we're talking about here is through the FBI and uh, and also to the missing and exploited children, and it's telling parents about how to protect their children. 
That's just something I'll read here. There's only about eight, nine, ten yeah, things here real quick. Number one, talk to your children about online predators. Now, parents, you have to learn, okay, about the online predators. Number two, discuss risky behavior. Well, if a kid goes in there and they're not being observed as to what they're doing, if parents don't, you know, um, go in and see what they're looking at, well, that's risky behavior on both parts, okay? The parents aren't being good parents. Number three, spell out what risky relationship is, okay? In other words, what type of people would want to talk to you, like with Michelle, or not Michelle, I'm sorry, with uh, Lisa talking to a 40-year-old, a 40-year-old, and a 17-year-old teenager, Okay, there's something wrong with that. Um, talk about the dangers in chat rooms. Parents don't know the dangers in chat rooms. You better learn. Warn your child about online flirting. Well, that goes back to the grooming. A guy will see if, uh, or a girl, a woman, will see if a child will take, you know, the flirting. He'll flirt, start flirting first. And if the child responds to it, then he knows Bingo, I've got someone, okay, and it goes from there. Bring on uh, bring on selfies, sexies, really, really, sexy selfies? No. You see, a lot of times they want kids to do that. They want them to take pictures. They'll start out, you know, like, um, oh, oh, just show me your chest and your face so I can see what you look like. Oh, you're so pretty. You're so pretty. And you want to show me a little bit more? See, they have a way of speaking to these kids. Ah, come on, tell me a little bit more. I know you're beautiful. I bet you can be a model. And before you know it, the little girl or the young man, whatever, um, is showing their parts to this person, this pervert. Uh, Then uh, be clear about offline safety rules, okay? The safety rules. And for heaven's sake, go to the store and and consider some kind of, of software because there is software out there. And you put it on the system, and what it does is it actually, uh, they can see who you're talking to, and if the pervert comes on, they can also see that too. Okay, and that's at www.understood.org. And that will help you with the surveillance and and the the software. And, again, that's www.understood.org. And it says, how do online predators affect children? They pressure them to take explicit uh, selfies, photo videos, and send them to the groomer. Um, In extreme cases, the groomer will even fly, like we said, to them just to meet them. Um, And those are the kids that won't make eye contact, Michelle. I, I couldn't make eye contact. In fact, it hurt my eyes. It burned my eyes. This is how badly I was having it. All right, a problem with low self-esteem and all that, um, I couldn't look at people. And you kept saying, putting your eyes down. That's right. I, I couldn't look at people because I had such low self-esteem about myself. Okay, what percent have been victimized from online grooming? It says 333, no, 33% on 10% tell. Okay, now I don't know what that means exactly. That's code words. Predators use <clears throat> WhatsApp. Okay, there's a WhatsApp out there, and that's the name of it, WhatsApp, to communicate with children. That's another one. That's another place where kids can go, and, and they're, they're, you know, they understand this. 
uh, they, they establish um, contact elsewhere, like uh, chat rooms, video games, um, then move to conversations, to messaging platforms. The messaging platform is something to watch out for because that's where more things happen, the more of the grooming, and they're getting ready to, to kidnap that kid. And that's called, again, WhatsApp. Now, this is from 2019. This is pretty current, okay? So I'm trying to educate people here to understand just, first of all, um, just how big a problem it is that children, again, I will read this, and this blew my mind, as many as 500,000 predators on the Internet pose a threat to kids daily. We're not talking about weekly, monthly, yearly. We're talking daily. And one in 25 children will be manipulated into physical contact within a year. See, they, they take their time, Michelle. They don't uh, push, push, shove, shove. They'll develop uh, a relationship with a kid. Sometimes they might have two or three, like I said before. That they, that's what they do. They sit there, they're paid to do it, and that's what they're doing. They see three kids that they like. It might be two girls and a boy, and they are paid to actually do that by uh, those that they work with and uh, because everything has a superior, doesn't it? Okay. And uh, so they'll get these relationships going, and they'll work in a certain area. They're designated to work in a certain area of a state, uh, of a town, and they see how many kids they can get, okay? And then they go off on the planes, and they pick these kids up because they already know that they're going to be seen by their friend, the friend who's going to show them how to be a model, a little girl's dream. I'm going to be a model. And, and they're gone. You see, this is, this is what happens. And it's just so awful. So only 15% of parents are aware of what their children are doing online. Social media is a place to go. And over 80% of the children's sex crimes start there. That's disgusting. It can start right there in your own home, and that's what's going on. So I wanted to, you know, I hope people will listen to this, because I get my information from very good sources. And uh, hopefully it will be helpful, because, look, I disappeared. On my day, there wasn't any computer. We won't talk about that. <laughs> but the point was I wasn't taught at home you know, to be careful, you know, who's talking to you and, and who's uh, acting strange around you. So the man that kidnapped me and 14 others, 13 others, I was number 14, um, he was hanging around schools. Parents have to be taught, too, at schools, and the teachers have to be more aware also of the predators that hang around schools because don't forget they want their prey and that's P-R-E-Y and that could be from 12 up in some cases 11 up alright so and I didn't know I was being watched by this person I, had, I didn't have the faintest idea and this is the type of kids they don't pick like Bill says they don't pick like um, like in football the one who's the star, they go to the water boy or whatever. That's what they do so often. Not all the time, but so often. They go to the kid, yes, Michelle, 
who is looking down at the ground, who suffers from low self-esteem. Because that kid needs a friend, and they'll become that kid's friend. And before you know it, that kid is gone. So that's what happens. That happens online, or whether it's at schoolyards, whether it's a camp. Where, I don't care. Wherever kids go, the pedophiles go. And it's big money on this online thing. Big money. And it's disgusting how much money is made. Because you have the Johns who are thirsting for these children. So next time you walk into Walmart, look up on the wall. It wasn't too terribly long ago that a young lady was found in Mexico. And she was Mexican. And uh, she didn't change that much in in her looks. Michelle, she was like in her early 20s. And she'd been uh, gone for some years, some years. And uh, someone spotted her. And uh, they went over to a police officer. And they said, hey, look, uh, I think that I think, you know, this is the same girl that we saw pictures of on on, on the walls and stores and other places. This is the same person. So they approached that person, and um, she admitted, she admitted that she'd been kidnapped, but she'd started a new life. Now, she was in her 20s. Now, today, she thought she was happy. That was a weird case. But I'm going to tell you something. When a kid is kidnapped and raped and put out on the streets, first of all, they don't live long, all right? Many times, these kids, by the time when they're in mid-teens, say they were kidnapped when they were 12, by the time they're in their mid-teens, they don't even want them anymore. They, don't, they, they're, they're, they have sores all over them because they're shooting up drugs all the time. Um, you know, they shoot in their neck even. Anywhere where they can find a vein, they shoot down by their toes, and, and they make sure that they are well pumped up on drugs. So a certain part of the money that they do make out on the street does go to, you know, the girl is being pimped out so that she can keep her drug habit up. But then the other part, she has to work even harder so that she doesn't get killed or she doesn't get abandoned. Abandoned. Some of them actually love their pimps. Michelle, do you realize that? Some of them actually love their pimps. And it's because they, um, these are the people who are feeding them. And they come from home. bondage. Yes, it's not really it's, love. It's trauma bonded. Yes, yes. They're trauma exactly. bonded. They're bonded by trauma. Yeah, and it's kind of a Stockholm syndrome. Yes, and I, I talk a lot about the Stockholm syndrome, and uh, so I mean, this is what happens. So, well, um, a lot of those girls, by the time they're eighteen, nineteen years old. They're not even wanted out on the street anymore because they had, they've been out there too long. It's like an animal who's kept outside, and, and maybe they have a dog house, okay, but they're still in the elements, you know what I'm saying? You can tell when a person is weathered. You can tell when an animal is weathered. Um, their skin is different, and they're not as pretty as they used to be, okay? So they don't even want them. And then you have them, what do they do? You know, they don't know how to take care of themselves. Um, there is a high suicide rate among uh, kids like that. Um, they just end up bad. They end up many times in jail. 
because they're caught stealing. They have to eat, don't they? They're caught stealing. They're all this other stuff. And one thing leads to another, and they, they need their drugs. So they're going to be out, and they're going to, you know, want to, they're going to be copping their drugs. So therefore, then, uh, they get caught that way, and they go to jail. What a life they had. They didn't have a life. So these kids that I'm talking about who are on the Internet, people wake up, realize, you know, some people I know of, I think this is kind of weird, but some people, they actually keep the computer out so it can be seen by everybody. That way it can just walk by, look down, blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe that's a good thing, okay. But first of all, educate yourself, educate your children, what's out there. Educate why. Always using the word why, like Vivian and I and, and Michelle say, and, and Annie, she, she understands that too. Kids don't like to be yelled at, screamed at, hit in the head, and all this other stuff. Sit them down and tell them why you, you know, you're upset with them. Well, tell them why you are upset with the internet and what can happen. Now, this is what's important because so many kids. And what was that number? I read. I'll read it for the fiftieth time. 550, what was that number? Oh, my God, it was so high. 550, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. 500, oh, my God. 500,000 online every day talking to your children every day. So that's something to keep in mind. When you have a number as large as that, and it comes from the FBI and also from missing and exploited children, then that's something to think about. So I'm just asking that parents start getting closer to their children, talk to them differently, don't make them feel stupid, learn about body language. There's a reason, like Vivian was saying, there's a reason why kids are acting the way they're acting. Um, Try to get more in touch with having more family time if you can. You know, sit down and talk. Get to know your children better. Because there's bonding that happens from that. And kids very much need to feel bonded to their parent. It makes them feel better. It makes them feel loved. It makes them feel stronger. And it gives them values. And uh, you teach about boundaries and why. Always answering that why. Because that's one of the major mistakes that parents do with their children. They don't say why. Now, I wanted to have this show tonight because I had these papers and I updated them. So it's up to 2019, which is pretty current. Um, it's a little bit higher now because of the border issue. But um, if we can help our help society, oh, now my phone, the phone's going off. If we can help society, then um, then you know maybe the kids will be a little bit, and I just say a little bit safer. Our show is just about over. Vivian, you come back again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having the show. No, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And Annie, you're always a delight. And and Michelle and I are like sisters, so there you go. So um I know, I just hope that people got something from this show tonight, and that's all I can say. In a second, I'm going to get the 90-second cue, and then I'm going to have to wrap the show up. So tomorrow night we're going to have a guest, and I will be hosting this tomorrow's show as well. And um, we'll see what her story is about. 
And when people come on and tell their stories, it always turns out, except maybe once or twice in the 12 years that I've been on NASCA, I've been vice president for 10 years, so I've heard a lot of stories. And um, they're always it's always a good experience. So rather than walking around with all that that horror that we feel inside because we haven't opened up our mouths about our abuse, NASCA is a platform for people to come to, to talk about their experiences that they've had, because we are all survivors on this show, okay? We're survivors on this show. And, um, you know, then you have the aftermath. What do you do after you tell your story? Well, you can go on Facebook, our Facebook, which we have at the bottom of the page, and you can talk back and forth. You can make friends that way. And um, it's a good thing for everyone to have somewhere to talk and to speak, and we all get it because they've all walked in those shoes. Okay. Now, I got the 90-second cue, and um, I just want to thank everybody who's listening, because a lot of people, Vivian, listen to their computers. They don't want to come on. (laughs) They don't want to be on the panel. You were on the panel. Annie was on the panel. And, of course, Michelle was on the panel. So they don't like that. But they do listen. So keep listening, and... um, I will be on back on tomorrow, and then after that, have a good weekend. God bless you, and uh, try to be a little kinder to each other, okay? That's important during these days, and for God's sake, try to get closer to your children. Okay, good night, and God bless. God bless. Bye-bye now. Love Talk Radio.